1: What's it like living in a hotel travis uh it's uh cramped, i suppose
2: <laughs> a, a little five five people in one room is
1: uh it's, it's cozy oh it's, my god, this should be a sitcom dude
2: five five people in a room <laughs>
1: When there's five people living in a hotel room, and, and they
2: have a dog. <laughs> uh,
1: directed by Travis Mano.
2: Hello, everybody. This is Travis. And this is Brandon. Welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm.
1: Yes, welcome. Episode. 71 ish 71 71 oh my god this is this is how old i want to be when i die (laughs) 71
2: i love that we're still making age comparisons to episode numbers (laughs)
1: because i lost
2: count for a really long time that's like middle age where you just kind of lose count you don't really think about it and now you get in your 70s and you're like let's just cherish every one of these
1: if we could go back in time to episode one and start a recurring gag or like a recurring thing that we do in each episode. That's this is what it should have been is like uh just make something up new for every single episode. Like episode number. Yeah. yeah. So like every episode number, no, like a year, right? So it's like episode number two, if I were, we're two finally getting out of diapers. <laughs> if I were two today, <laughs> I would be vomiting on my mother's breasts. A two? I don't know. I mean, it happens. I'm, it happens. Yeah. Anyway, we're not judging. I had a we're flu not that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm, where we talk about movies and TV and pop culture and things politics. like that. We're, uh, we're going to avoid politics. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: For sure. Um, oh, geez. But yeah. if,
2: if you want to connect with us, if you want to share your thoughts about the topics we discuss on the show, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. You can
1: name one, Travis. You can hit us
2: up on Facebook, facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show.
1: Tell me the name one.
2: You should name one brand. I can't. Oh, okay.
1: But uh, maybe Twitter. Maybe yeah. Twitter. At Apathusiast. Uh, you
2: can also see some some pictures that we occasionally post over on our Instagram at apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Yeah. And uh, all of our shenanigans are are encapsulated in one place, and that is apatheticenthusiasm.com. So, mm, uh, nailed it. Hit us up over there. Uh, a lot of things happening. We're we're sort of uh, we're, we're we're recording a lot of episodes. Because uh, I'm doing some traveling over the over the following month, so yes, you is so, yes, I is I, I am currently living in a hotel based on that cold open down by the river, <laughs> down, d- down <laughs> by the river. Um, it's actually by the ocean. I could watch people surfing from the comfort of my hotel really? room today. That was that was epic.
1: That, that seems that was, kind of relaxing.
2: It was cool. I I read an article about fandom while watching people surf, <laughs> uh, and and. and that is uh what we're going to be talking about today. we're going to be talking about fandom and sort of the uh entitlement of fandom if you will we uh we didn't pick a sp- specific movie or, or TV show or something like that. We wanted to talk more generally about uh fan culture and sort of how fans feel um almost ownership about a certain certain sorts of media yeah uh and that was inspired by something you read right our, yeah or uh go ahead and let us know about that a little bit
1: absolutely yeah so <laughs> so i read an article a couple weeks now ago um over at birth movies death birth.movies.death the cycle of life uh and uh, by uh Devin for or ferrachi or um f-a-r-a-c-i um and it was all about the uh um the title is fandom is broken yeah. and, and, and it boils down to basically um this is right around the time of the captain america number one that, yep. that came out The um, new it,
2: steve rogers captain america from marvel comics
1: that's right and for those of you who don't know and we didn't spoil it before uh spoiler here right quick I'll give you a second hail hydra hail hydra captain america is and always has been a hydra agent um,
2: um, I want. I want to. Before we go too much further into the birth, movies, death article, and things like that. Okay. Uh, I I read that comic. Yeah. And yes, the the last couple pages, he does some nefarious things and and says hail Hydra. But a lot of people are reading more into that than I think. Like like the fact that he's always been Hydra and all these other things. Like I don't know that that's explicitly stated in it. And maybe maybe we can talk about it a little bit more uh yeah later on in the episode but I,
1: I, I mean i'm sure we can you know uh, obviously we don't know the, the the end game in mind the sure the entire, it's only the first issue exactly right you know we don't know the, the narrative arc yet you know um and and there have been there's a bunch of examples of captain america doing shady stuff throughout his history uh and you know single panes are you when you take them out of context then yeah it looks like <laughs> It looks like he's betraying his you right. know, <clears throat> origin. But anyways, so so uh, Devin Ferrasi. I'll just say Ferrasi for sake of argument. Consistency. <laughs> uh, he basically is comparing fandom to an earlier article. He wrote an earlier article that where he compares fandom to uh, uh, Kathy Bates in the movie Misery, which is right. based off a Stephen King uh, story, which is basically an author is writing... who. Writes a bunch of, um, they're like romance novels. romance novels with the the main character of misery, and eventually he kills he kills this main character off. Well, he goes, he's in like a snowstorm, he gets into a car accident, and the person who finds him um, is this this woman, and uh, I, I she's, she's an avid fan. She's of his work. An avid fan, exactly right. And what she does is she makes uh, this author rewrite the story to make it to where misery isn't dead anymore um and if you have if you've never seen misery the movie uh there's a really really awful scene where she hobbles the hell out of him or kathy bates puts boards in between his his ankles and and, and breaks them with a sledgehammer. ah oh, god that <laughs> makes gives me the the the, the shingles the, not the shingles not the actual shingles. Annie wilkes is, is Any, the name Annie. of the, the character yeah uh, anyway, so so he compares modern fandom to Annie Wilkes, which is Kathy Bates' characters in there, and basically saying, hey, like, modern fandom is kind of like Annie Wilkes in the sense that they feel entitled to have a say in, in the characters and the stories.
2: Right. This this really goes back to his that early article in, I think it was 2012, where uh, Mass Effect 3 was coming out. It yeah. had just come out, uh, the third installment of a very popular... Uh, BioWare game franchise. Never heard of it. <laughs> okay. And uh, and people really loved this game, became very invested in the game, spent a lot of hours playing the game. And then some people, maybe a lot of people, were unhappy with the ending of the game. Mm-hmm. So this created a lot of uproar, and there were Facebook groups and things like that where people wanted to compel the developer to BioWare. Make, yeah. make a new version of the ending a different ending for the game uh and and the article argues that you know there's that video games are art and that just like any piece of art whether that's a painting or tv or movies or anything uh it is the artist who has creative control over how that is put together yeah and it is our jobs as fans to uh to View that or 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 see it, and we can, we are, we're obviously able to critique it. If we weren't, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it's not really our responsibility to tell the artist whether they're right or wrong in in what they portray, because that's really what that's that's their say. That's what they want to do.
1: Right. Right. It's 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 example he mentions in the article. Uh, you know, it's like going to an art gallery and taking a bunch of white paint and throwing it over uh the mona lisa right to get rid of some of those blues
2: saying saying yeah there's too much blue in this i'm just gonna cover this up yeah 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 we we, you wouldn't that that idea seems absurd but especially as fans of um and i think it really it helps when it's a media that is uh takes place over a lot of years or um is like serialized like tv is a really good example i think Mm. Uh, you know, we became really obsessed with, I know I became really obsessed with Lost. Yeah. Uh, we were, we we're having yeah. weekly viewing parties and things like that. I
1: want to, I want to say this about Lost. I, I feel like just in like the last month and a half of episodes, we've talked more about Lost in the last month and a half than yeah, the entirety like, of the, the podcast.
2: Yeah, right? it's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know why
1: that is. There's
2: been a lot of uh, Lost there's talk. There's been a lot of Lost talk.
1: Maybe we're finally- Spin finally podcast? Is that, is that what's <laughs> We're happened? finally opening up about ourselves.
2: <laughs> getting down to our roots. <laughs> um but no, yeah, I Lost is I think a great example uh and always will be of a show that had a very tight fan following. Yeah. And then in the end so tight. They didn't really stick the landing and a lot of people felt upset about it. They got they got a lot of people got really pissed about it. Yeah. Um and and the producers stuck to their guns and said, No, this is the ending that we we always intended and
1: uh yeah, I yeah. I, I and, and and whether that's true or not, I, I it doesn't even matter to me if that's if that's not true, right? If 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 through the course of the narrative of the show at some point in time they decided, you know what, this isn't actually what we want. I think it would be better and makes more sense uh thematically if we, if we go this route. Then you know I'm I'm still fine with that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just you know, there are some times where where novelists will they'll start a story and they might have that end goal in mind, but the the natural way they write characters and in the way the story starts splitting off, you know it, their their destination is going to be different. So so I don't mind that if if it's not the here's
2: here's my apologists like excuse for the lost finale right and 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 i'll side with the the producers damon and carlton and, and yeah uh they they set out to write a show about characters about about people and and how they deal with the situations that they are faced that they're facing on the on this crazy island right yeah and so that's why every episode focused on a particular character, and we got flashbacks that that developed more of a story about that individual and things like that. Um, and in the end, the ending, and I don't, I'm not going to spoil this for the Netflix crowd out there that's just catching up on Lost, but uh, the ending was really about that group of characters and them continuing their journey, you know, beyond or whatever, right? Yeah. So. Yeah the issue is that's the story they wrote and that's the story that they wanted to push forward but abc as a network had to spend every week uh promoting the show and they're not promoting a show about characters they're promoting a show about mysteries right yeah and and really that's something that really gripped a lot of the fans and that they really enjoyed the mysteries and so i think the whole last season's like all your answer or all your questions will be answered and like I'll find out what will happen on you know lost and all this stuff and we didn't get answers to all the questions and so it was a little bit like the producers were like all right we're gonna we're gonna do the ending like this guys and they're like okay cool you guys do that but we're gonna sell this version of the finale on tv okay and then yeah. and so there's a little bit of a uh, an adjustment there there is a bonus feature on the on the DVDs that answers a lot more questions for people. Yeah, if you've ever missed, yeah. it. I'm sure it's on YouTube now. If you if you're really eager to check that out, but. you
1: know, and, and you can't blame ABC for for mar- for marketing it that way, right? Because no. a lot of what drew us to it was not only the, we're not only the characters, but the mysteries absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm not not putting a, putting that uh, against them,
2: even if we didn't get all the answers. Uh, but you know, the, hashtag Hurley Bird.
1: <laughs> but the issue is is if you and I are now writing angry letters letters to abc and saying uh what no 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 no. you need to you need to change this like you need right. you need to change this this isn't this isn't how it's supposed to be or this is this is awful thinking that we just because we are consumers of this media have a right to say no you the writer or the producers whatever have to change this to suit my.
2: Yeah, you need to make needs. me feel good about it. Instead right. of us, you know, appreciating a form of, of media for what it is, and then making, and for better or worse, whether we like it or not, that it is what it is, mm-hmm. and then accepting that for that that, that that intent that, like, you should change what you're creating right. to suit me. That's, that's, that's a problem that I think is popping up a lot more as we see um, older franchises that have been loved by a community for a really long time. Right. And they're creating remakes or new versions of movies that are being, set, you know, put out in theaters this year. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a good example. Right. Uh, right. The new Ghostbusters movie, another, another heated debate <laughs> yeah. uh, surrounding that film. Yeah. Uh,
1: on AV club, right. There's an article by Jesse Hassinger, I think, uh, basically talking about like the Ghostbusters thing. Right. Um, and and again, the entitlement of fan culture. He brings up the the dude. Uh, I think his last name is Rolf, who does Angry Video Game Nerd podcast. Okay, who he did like a he did this video that's basically saying I'm not seeing Ghostbusters movie. Uh, and so the AV Club article is basically saying like, what kind of culture are we in where like the news that is out is that you're not going to see this movie, even though it's just based on trailers. And, yeah, and not and, even
2: the actual full story or anything.
1: Right, like that. right. Yeah. And, and there've been people who are like, "Ugh, this is ruining my childhood," but <laughs> but <the> AV Club, <laughs> the article argues like it's not ruining anything because guess what? Those original ones still exist.
2: Yeah, they're like they're on not, Netflix. They're like, not you bad. You can go, you can just go <laughs> watch that. You know, if that if that's what you love and you really love that material, that material is it still exists. And 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 a new movie doesn't wipe that away it's just a new approach a new interpretation of that sort of content
1: yeah uh have you i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there and i think i know what the answer is but i'm gonna ask anyways have you seen the thing no okay (laughs) no all right
2: (laughs) okay that's that's the one with the the four guys and he's like a big rock
1: yeah monster
2: guy yeah okay
1: yeah that's right uh never ending story these, ha- hashtag falcon. these hands used to be so strong <laughs> uh so so the thing is a remake okay a thing from another world uh originally a uh short story called uh who goes there i think um but the the basic plot of the thing is that there's a monster it comes from outer space and it can mimic people it, okay it can uh it can clone and like kind of make doppelgangers of other people right so in john carpenter remade the thing in 1981 1982 and it was a remake of this movie from like the 50s and in so the thing is if people view the thing is about the thing the thing or? is a oh. remake of the thing okay which is an adaptation adaptation adaptation, adaptation. <laughs> uh but you know in 1982 if, when people saw this movie if they're like oh god this is going to ruin my, my childhood from 1956. Yeah, I really love that 1956 uh, version. Uh. Right. Instead of just, you know, accepting it. And, um, now it's such a good, it's such a good movie. It, it was a flop back in 82, but, um, you know, if they weren't, if they didn't let this movie, this, this new envisioning of the movie happen, then, you know, we wouldn't have the thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is a really good movie. You should, okay. you right. should watch it. Okay. Uh, but we'll, I, we'll remember that for a future. I, I throw that out there because um, John Carpenter is actually coming out with, uh, he's executive producing a remake of Halloween, another okay. remake of Halloween. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, he's behind it. He's one of the original, he created it for all intents and purposes. And so he's coming back on board and he's got, They've got his buy-in, and the same thing with the new Ghostbusters, because it's a reimagining, it's it's a remake, it's not any kind of sequel. Uh, but you know, uh, Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray, all yeah. the all those
2: Aykroyd Acc- loves the new one. Yeah, he's 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 said in interviews that like he thinks it's hilarious, and and possibly like the jokes hit better. Yeah, than in the original.
1: Uh, and and they have the buy-in, right? Like these new these reimaginings have the buy-in of the original creators. I
2: I think it's, I I understand a little bit of the perspective of having something that you're deeply tied to that was part of your you know formative years or something like that. Something like mm-hmm. content you really fell in love with, and 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 to a point where it feels like almost defining like for me when i think about childhood and the and the stuff that i was really into teenage mutant ninja turtles is one of those things that like that was my thing that i was really into right yeah um for other people it's giant you know robots or you know things like that i for me it was ninja turtles so when the michael bay ninja turtles first that first one came out a few years ago you know i had a little bit of that like oh no no this is not going to be good And I don't, I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't give it credit, you know, for even the possibility of being good. And then when I eventually caught it on like a free epics weekend or something, right. On, on (laughs) sling TV, I was like, you know what? I actually, I don't mind this. I, I, I liked it. And so, you know, another one comes out and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it the benefit. I still haven't seen it, you know, to be fair, but it's been a busy month for me. (laughs) Uh, But it's one of those things where, you know, I love the first ghostbusters movies, and I am approaching the new one with the benefit of the doubt, as far as I'm going to let this be what it is and try to appreciate it for what it is, instead of just trying to base it off of some a different content that I loved before, and like not giving it the chance to be good. Yeah, because I I love the other one so much.
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up a little bit. What are your thoughts on like fan fiction, like? Not necessarily canonized fan canonized stories, right? But but extensions of of the stories are like um, you know how like people have shipping, people ship, sure, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) right. Like what what do you what do you think of that? Like how do you feel about you know? So people people making up their own kind of storylines for what happens after the movie. I
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate the devotion to a a body of work that that inspires other people to create their own art and I think um, a lot of like you think about Star Wars right and the expanded universe and, and mm-hmm. how a lot of that was officially licensed with the characters and things like that and it kind of had its own until Disney bought it out and, and, and made it all myth yeah uh, it was a way for people to still enjoy uh, content and this this world of Star Wars. Uh, outside of the you know three movies that we had, or the six once sure. Lucas got all nuts, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. After Lost ended, I thought maybe I'll write, maybe I'll write a fanfic. You know, maybe <laughs> I'll maybe I'll write a short story about something that John Locke was doing over years. Total. I didn't actually do it. I did Who write. Thought about it. I, I wrote a two-page <laughs> treatment. I did write a two-page theory like write-up between uh. the fifth and sixth season about my theory about John Locke and moving forward, which turned out to be absolutely correct. I I think I still have the documents. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, you know, that was something where it was like, I loved lost so much. I wanted to, to be more involved with it. And there was nothing for me because we were between seasons. Right. So I wrote something about it. And I think that is fine for people to go and write something inspired by another, you know, media It doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it part of the true storyline of it. It's, it's definitely on the, it's tangential.
1: Tangential. We love that word. (laughs)
2: Uh, But it's, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, here's something cool that somebody made that is based on this work. It's, it's not the real story, but it's, it's a cool idea. It's a cool you know, and I'm all for that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It, it, to me, it seems similar to, uh, the twilight zone reboot that they're, they're going to do. Okay. Um, which I I'm still not a hundred percent sure what exactly it is. Right. It's like a video game movie kind of, are they doing it VR something? style like Oculus
2: I, or I'm not, HCC I'm not, by. I'm not
1: sure. I've read like, I've read a few different versions of what they're doing with it. And it's still slightly confusing to me. All, all I know is that it's like a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, um, where there's going to be a story, and then based off of the audience inputs, the ending of the story will change. Um, okay. And you know, it, I've been reading some books, you know, for submitted for your approval, and uh, you know, just doing like research and stuff like that. And uh, there, are one book specifically, "Dimensions Behind the Twilight Zone" by Stuart Stanyard, is the same guy who I emailed, and he thought I was the faint. <laughs> the famous Brandon Cruz. I use that in quotes. Uh, His book has like a bunch of interviews from people from the show, like uh, directors and actors, uh, some writers. Right. And like basically saying like, what makes a good twilight zone episode? And they're like the writing and all that type of stuff. Um, And of course the writers would say, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, One of it is like, one of the things they said is like a specific point of view, right. Where it's, you, you have a character You have a writer, you have a character, and the character gets starts at a point and then gets to an end point, and then like that—that's it, right? Definitive beginning and end. Yeah. Uh, And so, this Twilight Zone remake, and uh, my my friend Paul, who runs the uh, Night Gallery Twitter account and uh, Shadow and Substance uh, uh, website out there, he he wrote a post about this and just saying like, you know, to have them to have a character have a definitive beginning, but then kind of like weave in with these, these interchangeable endings, yeah. like that kind of de- defies the purpose of the twilight zone. Mm, like, yeah, okay. So, so the episodes that we've watched, right. Um, where, uh, we'll, we'll say, we'll use the, uh, the famous one. Um, the one where he's like, uh, not fair. Oh it's, yeah. It's the, There's time. Time enough at last. It's time now. Lasts, it's it time now. Yeah. Um, like imagine an ending where you're like, "Okay, I get to a point where I can make it to where he doesn't where he knows better and he doesn't let his glasses fall and break
2: yeah.
1: like the the irony is then lost in that that ending, yeah right that
2: doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work then they're
1: like uh don't don't hide out in the bank vault and then he dies right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it it's so like you know giving that option for the fans to choose the ending kind of makes it a ba- a a worse ending, right. And I think that's what some of these these people are arguing is that your ending might not, you know, maybe it's what you want, but that's probably what you, that's not what you need. Sure, yeah, and I, I'll
2: agree with you on that. I think I think there are times when multiple endings, like multiple possible endings can work. Um, I, I liked the first Bioshock game as an example just because it was, um, depending on the way you played it, it impacted the ending, but I feel like, the real good part about the ending wasn't the part that we got multiple versions of. It was the part just before that. Yeah. And then it was just sort of the resolution of that came out based on how you played the game.
1: Right. Um, Which, you know, Ken Levine, as we've said before, he's the one who's remaking the twilight zone. So Uh, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I don't, I don't know if you ever played Bioshock infinite, but the ending of that is just like, I it, kind of mind blowing. It's yeah. it. I have the
2: game. I have not <laughs> finished
1: it. It's really, it's really good because it's basically saying like, there's a bunch of stuff that happens in the world. Like it's the illusion of choice again. Sure. And yeah. Again, I like Lost, I think we've me? talked about this a lot. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think that there's, I think if
2: all of the endings are good, and they tie and they relate well. I think it's like the illusion of choice, if you will, where yes, the the viewing audience or the participating audience will select the ending, but all of those endings may only vary slightly based on
1: like like Mass Effect Three. There you go. Did you did you play Mass no, Effect Three? No, I 3? did not. the The problem with Mass Effect Three was it had three different endings, as from what I recall, uh, at least three, um, and. And they didn't they didn't vary that much, right? Ah, okay. You have this, you have these three Mass Effects, and there's they the biggest selling point is that oh, you make a choice here, this large choice, and it's going to affect things dramatically by the end of the yeah. the story. Uh, and so people got caught up in that. And then when they get to the very end of Mass Effect three, and their choices didn't really make all that much a difference in the very very yeah, end game, yeah. people were pissed off sure right um but here's the thing for me like i didn't i didn't like the endings right i didn't like the the three endings because they were too similar but you know what that's that's just my preference yeah and i wouldn't go to bioware and say hey you mother truckers you guys need to make a new ending so you're to saying satisfy you, me
2: and 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 you're bringing up a point that i, I would like to end with i think which and, they did do they, but, yeah i know uh <laughs> the The hindsight of, of <laughs> referencing an article from four years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I want to talk a little bit about the folks that get so mad, yeah. so angry about so this sort of angry. stuff that there are, you know, and trolls are going to troll. That's it's it's part of the internet culture that we troll. that we now live in. You know it. Um, but people that get so angry about an ending or so angry about recasting ghostbusters as females or something like that where they're you know just spewing hate and sending death threats and things like that yeah uh none of that is beneficial none of that is helpful (laughs) to the creative process it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't change anything for the better uh so for me that's a huge frustration and maybe we'll get our first uh (laughs) hate responses (laughs) for this podcast after this but
1: one can only hope
2: you know, fingers crossed. But uh, I mean, what do you think about that sort of response? And uh, I mean, I think you're all for it, right? That's yeah, well, absolutely.
1: <laughs> all the all the death threats I've sent out to <laughs> Devin Ferrasi read uh, Birth <laughs> Movies. That, uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I don't even think the people who send those things out think that they're it's a good idea, right? Yeah. No. Um, it's it's like. Uh, the frosty guy he mentions in the article about like somebody sent out uh like something really really crappy towards him on twitter and then when he called the dude out the dude was like oh i didn't actually think you'd see this
2: right yeah so i i think it's this this uh
1: this i don't know anonymous like they're like oh we're hiding behind a computer screen exactly you you don't actually see us they're, they're separated by their
2: keyboard and mouse to where or trackpad if yeah, whatever if, your preference. If
1: you if you choose that,
2: <laughs> I don't want to get death threats about your your <laughs> gooey preferences. Uh, but
1: yeah, so and I don't I don't I don't get that. I, I you know even I like joking with you and saying, "Hey Travis, I want to kill you. I want to I want to break your dog's neck." That's oh, corner. Cool she's uh, she's finally sleeping. Ripper, her, ripper, head off, and then then pour her blood on your head, and then break your neck. And then and then bathe <laughs> in the bathtub with but your blood. We need a we need a like Will Ferrell that escalated quickly. <laughs> sort of. Mean. Um, you know, I I'm. It's okay saying that to you because because we're friends because we're friends yeah. and we know each other and you and you know that it's it's harmless, right? I sure hope so. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah. but saying anonymous crap like that to someone you don't know and you don't know how what their personality is like, and you don't know how they're going to take it uh, and just trolling to be trolls. Well, and it's something where we're friends and I know that that
2: <clears throat> there's no real, you know, validity wink, in wink. that wink wink. <laughs> uh, but to say that to a perfect stranger, that's not, that's not cool, funny, or in any way appropriate. No. Ever. So it's um, it's awful. So, and I, so, I, cause I want to make the distinction where, You know, we can watch a movie like Fantastic Four, the most recent one, or even some of the shows and movies that we've harshly critiqued on this podcast or on on our— X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't mean we we have a hate for the creators. Uh, And and to be honest, we're still watching a lot of these shows. Like, we, we bashed a lot of the last season of The Walking Dead in our Walking Dead Fantasy League but we, I mean, we still tuned in and we still kind of kept up with it to make sure we yeah. kind of knew what was going we sh- on. We with shambled it. along, yeah, with it. <laughs> we dragging, dragging <laughs> our feet, looking for brains. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's we we still appreciate the work, the work that these people are. And you know, it's 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 not easy creating something. We create a podcast every week, and no, it's not, not easy. Not everybody loves you. it, you know. But we're still putting it out there, you know. So um, I would just say, if you appreciate a form of media if you are a fan of something uh then you know let let the creators know about it and if you dislike something by all means
1: give a critique yeah
2: but don't get personal about
1: it (laughs) you know uh here's here's one last note i want to put on that you know when people doing these these death threats and and just terrible awful vile uh just crap that they they send out i will say that that means that they're passionate about the things that they love and I mean, and because they yeah. and because they love something, they want it to to be the best that it can be. And um, you know, there's there's a weird twilight zony form of appreciation that people have for if they're so angry that something is crappy or that they're um, the that they perceive is, it as crappy. Yeah, that they that the Ghostbusters is being remade with women instead of men, and they are so passionate about saying something in a way that's that's complimentary right
2: ah, i mean
1: i get that you <laughs> know in a, in a I, weird twilight
2: Zone. <laughs> in a twisted way um it shows people's deep ties and connections to the franchise yeah i'm just saying give it uh, the but i mean they're still it
1: assholes down. yeah
2: give them give them a give them a shot here guys <laughs> uh speaking of giving people a shot Hey, give us
1: a shot. (laughs) If you are a
2: fan, (laughs) if you are part of a deep-seated fandom of apathetic enthusiasm, and you haven't been to iTunes, troll us. (laughs) Go troll us. Give us five stars, but then you can write whatever you want in the review. But five stars would be awesome. Uh, But we want to know what you guys think about this whole fandom idea, this idea of um, being really tied or really ingrained in... Uh, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a show, a movie, anything like that. And then when new remakes and stuff come along, uh, how, do, how do you feel about them? So uh, if, you, if you have comments about that, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. You could head over to the website and uh, you know comment on this post and tell us what, what stuff you really love. Maybe there's a situation where um, they came out with a remake or a new version of something that maybe you thought you weren't going to like it and then it turned out to be all right. Or maybe you thought you were going to love it and it turned out to be crap. You know, just We, we want to hear what you guys think about this sort of stuff. So hit us up on all that stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to repeat them here. Yeah. Um, but if you do like the show, we would love to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts. We have one more episode one that more. we will be recording from the garage this is the penultimate face-to-face episode, <laughs> uh, and then and then it will all be internets and you know, yeah. ones and zeros. I got to get a webcam. Yeah, we got it. We got to work on that. So, yeah. um, so <laughs> next week we are we're cheating a little bit. Uh, we're doing another rewatch. Uh, we we're talking about V for Vendetta.
1: V for Vendetta, uh, based
2: on the vivacious, voracious, Alan... <laughs> the the Vaudevillian, uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um, Based on the graphic novel from Alan Moore, uh, the film released in two thousand six. I'll say so. Yeah, I think pretty sure it's six. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't seen that in a long time or haven't seen it at all, go check it out
1: over. Go on Netflix. watch it,
2: and then uh, next week we will be talking about that. Absolutely so, right.
1: Until then, and until then, hey, if, if you want if you want to be on our next show, uh, you know, if you have any comments, we'll we'll start to, we'll start reading some of those comments off. If you if you shoot them to on us. the next show, yeah. They're gonna have to, con- yeah. It's, it's I mean, come back in time. <laughs>
2: It'll be interesting, <laughs> but we'll do it
1: right. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll figure out a way. <laughs> All right. Until next week, I'm Travis and I'm Brandon. Thank you Good, so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>